and before we begin this episode of Beyond Pod, a word from our sponsor. That's pathetic. Thanks, sponsor. <laughs> Thank you, Spons. Sponsy boy. Spon. Sponsy boy. Thanks, Sponny. So, lots happened since we last did an episode. You know that, don't you? I know I know one thing that's happened. What do you think that thing is? What do I think? Well, it's what I know, Mr. Rose. It's that the album title was released. Yes. And uh, then you were showing me something that Mark Kelly was saying last night, but I was a bit sleepy and I don't really remember. He didn't really say I don't much. know what he said. He said that the album's going to be all done by the end of September. Oh, that was it. It's going into production or something at the end of September. Yeah. It's it's uh, Mike Hunter's about to start mixing. Things are happening. Think it only takes him a month to mix it. Shh, that's just shh, good going. He's a fast shh, worker. Shh, shh, it's not what we're talking about. We have, we started talking about the title, which we haven't even said yet. Everyone knows it by now. Yeah, an they hour should. before it's dark. Yes. Oddly controversial for some reason on uh, the Marillion fans group on Facebook. Can I ask you something as a veteran, as the v- veteran Marillion fan that you uh, are? Veteran, m- m- veteran. That's yeah. correct. Um, is it normal for their album titles to create such controversy? I don't remember. With the fans. I don't remember, bottom line. I mean, I remember... <laughs> I don't know. I remember when Sounds That Can't Be Made came out, the Gaza, when Gaza came out, there was a bit of tension shall we say and some people decided they didn't want to be fans anymore i remember that there was like i remember you showing me the message boards and it was like all stuff drama stuff was happening yeah when fear came out i can't remember anything happening no i don't remember any of this nonsense then um so but well i know what about the previous album i mean i when i went into uh meridian and fans all I could see was people complaining about people complaining. <laughs> oh. <laughs> However, oh. I've managed to semi get to the bottom of it, helped by also people who have responded to me on uh, Facebook when I said it was controversial when I plugged this episode. Right. And the issue seems to be the word it's. It's Monty Python. Sorry. Uh, it's. You don't know what's going on, do you? I don't, but I'm used to you just Oops. having random outbursts. The new Marillion album. Yeah, some people don't like it and think it should be an hour before dark. Is that why Lucy said an hour before, like she specifically said an hour before dark is very different from an hour before it's dark? It is dark. Hour before it, it is, is dark. It is. Oh, is it? It is. Or no, is it's it? it's. It's um, the issue is it's because some people we don't like apostrophes say the full. Well, word we had we had um, Ted on Twitter did message me to say don't like the apostrophe. <laughs> I oh, just, seriously? I know it's correct. I just think it looks awkward in the title. However, oh. you could say the same thing then about sounds that can't be made. Oh what my would you God. rather have? Sounds that cannot be made, please, everyone. There's no such word as can't. That's what my parents always used to say. Did they? Oh, it's like can't or won't or whatever that phrase was that we used to get told to us as kids. Yeah, new situators can't. Well, can't means you won't. Well, actually, can I fly? I wish I could, but I can't. Yeah, what a what a bunch of can'ts. So, <laughs> Paul, what? Who are you calling that? <laughs> so the apostrophe gang didn't like the apostrophe. Uh, the 
people who didn't like people complaining gang didn't like the apostrophe gang. Um, you can just all... imagine them like on, on a, in dark alleyways with their like leather jackets. You've got you've got one group with just an apostrophe embroidered on the back of their jacket. Yeah. And then the other group with the like, no, the no complainers group. Yeah. Embroidered on their dra- on their jacket. Oh, but then there was a third group who kind of rounded the corner with their with their chains and flick knives. <laughs> kind of were like, we're, we're the people who don't like either of those groups. We don't like people who complain, and well, we don't like people. Both. We don't like people who complain about people who complain. So we're the, we're the, the no complaining about complainers gang. And what? About, how do they feel about apostrophes though? Oh, look, we're getting deep down a rabbit hole here. You could see Lucy's exasperation. Because right. then, of course, there was then debate about, uh, I said, you know, uh, what, what, you know what, what was that about? I said, what, like, like 8 p.m. or something like that? <laughs> like, what, what about what time is some an people, hour before it's Some dark? people took it very literally. <laughs> well, I guess it depends where you live in the world. I mean, if you're living somewhere like Iceland. Look, they no, have... they didn't. No, no, they literally weren't debating oh, the time. Okay, what okay. I'm saying, some people just literally took it as meaning dusk. Right. Uh, yeah, as opposed to it clearly being a reference to life a, and a mortality and a metaphor, which, yes. y- y- you know, I don't... I, yeah, they took it very literally. And it was... I, I, I admit, I got a bit exasperated with that. Aww. And then there were just some people like, oh, it's a shit title. Uh, <laughs> it's like, fine, fine. Wow. But I give mean, it, give really, it, so just give it albums. five minutes. Give it five minutes to let it sit with you before getting on the internet and going, I hate it. But what do you think sparked this? Because if you're saying previous albums, previous album titles didn't create such passion, such a passionate response... What could it be about this one that's riled so well, many I don't know. Up? It probably did create responses. Or is it because there's been such a gap in time since the last album? Okay. Marillion fans and fans, full stop, will always complain. I mean, this podcast is 90% me complaining about you know, <laughs> Marillion's 90s albums. <laughs> Let's face it. I lump myself in that group. The complainers. We are complainers, except the difference is... I was going to say, I don't do my complaining publicly. However, I have done a podcast well, You've now. done a podcast. Yeah, okay. Hey, I know, hey, I'm hey, no Paul, longer immune from it. You can all form a band and then sing, and I would walk 500 miles. 500? <laughs> Did you really hear that? <laughs> I was hoping you'd I'm sorry, you, Where were that. you going with the 500 miles? <laughs> to complain at Okay, great. <laughs> great. Great. It was worth waiting for. So... Uh, <laughs> Uh, so anyway for the record I really like it as a title I immediately kind of went okay I get I get the metaphor they're all a bit old Uh, I found it so sad yeah I uh, immediately just saw the, the the potential for a deeper meaning in it and we know that there's some ruminations on mortality on the album we know uh, that there's at least one big death song on there. So obviously the title's going to refer to, you know, coming towards the twilight of your years. Yes. Or an hour before the twilight of your years. Yeah. Which actually isn't there. Because the first, like, you texted me the album title and I was on on my way home. And my first 
impression like my first reaction was oh that's a bit grim like i felt it was sad like no so what you mean your first wasn't reaction wasn't like oh it, it's golden hour okay why are they write, why are they writing a song about like that you know that's it that is what your that evening. is what you replied to me though you said it could be golden hour <laughs> <laughs> get your cameras out everyone's golden hour <laughs> the album about instagrammers yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just felt like, oh, that's a bit sad. But then, you know, if you take it literally and if you mix the literal meaning with the metaphorical meaning and it's just an hour before their twilight years, well, you've still got plenty of life left in your twilight years. So it might not be that sad. Yeah. I don't like endings, you see, so. You've got a whole hour. You can watch watch an episode of of, uh, Line of of Duty in that time. (laughs) Duty. I don't know. We only watched one series of that. <laughs> no, we it did. was okay. Why did I pick that out? I don't know. I'm why just... did you pick that? Probably because there's a policeman who's just walked past our house. Um, and oh, we never just... get police down our street. What's he doing down here? He did. He's doing the whole kind of hands behind his back thing. As yeah, well. I saw. Looking left and left and right. What's all this then? What are these people uh, doing a podcast uh, about? Um, are you are you using an apostrophe where you shouldn't be? Apostrophe squad. <laughs> Everybody freeze. <laughs> apostrophe squad. <laughs> I heard that there was an illegal use of an apostrophe in this album title. You're going down. He's Look. Coming to get us. I don't get. I, I just. Uh, fine, complain. Do what you like. I don't, you know, complain about the complainers. Fine, whatever. But I don't get it. I don't get What's the issue with the title? It's a perfectly good title. I mean, this is the band who had an album called A Script for a Jester's Tear. I mean, oh, <laughs> not oh really. Oh, my God, did that have an apostrophe? Yes. Between the, the S and the C. No. So, gripped for yes. a Jester's <laughs> Tear. <laughs> so, gripped for a Jester's Tear. No, is it not Jester's <laughs> Or between the T yes. and the E. Script for Jester's Tear. <laughs> Oh, Jester's. Oh, I see. Yeah. Sorry. Yes, it does. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, There's I've, a long I've, tradition I've been... of using apostrophes in Marillion album titles. Well done for well done for skipping over my my embarrassing error. I'm going to point it out because oh, okay. if it yeah, was you, you it if out. it was you, I would. You would point it out. Oh, yeah, of course you'd point it out, but I haven't got. Of course, there's an apostrophe. Of course, there's an apostrophe in script for Jester's dear. Yes. Just saying. Done. I mean, I am an apostrophe snob. Yeah, I know. And at least it's used correctly here. I know. Yes. Yeah, I do. I do rage if I see a misplaced apostrophe. It's a good name for you an don't, album. You don't <laughs> misplaced the next album, everyone. Wow. You don't tend to rage. What you tend to do is take a photo of it and then plaster it on Twitter. <laughs> well, these <laughs> show people, it off to the world. These people need need humiliating, humiliating, <laughs> humiliating. <laughs> What's going on with us today? We can't speak. It's so hot in here. Really? I'm perfect. It's so humid. Oh, no, it's lovely. No. Uh, So, anyway, what this episode was about, or is about, or is going to be about, is discussing the title. Right. We're going to also whiz through the remainder of our letters about .com and an hour before It's Dark. We're going to whiz through, are we? Well, like, I've like, trimmed the letters down. Like to, to see that. I've trimmed the letters down to their essence. Another good right. name for a song. Uh, and I'm prepared for this episode to run as long as it takes. All right, let's do it. We, we skipped a week last week, so it could just it could just run until we're done. Yep. I'm going to read really fast when we get through them. Okay. However, 
there's something else to discuss first. We can read normal skip bead and then just people can put me. the... Just ignore me. That's fine. You just keep talking over me. You just carry on. You're you just, talking over me right now. You just now. not let me move on. Oh, well, I haven't finished yet. No, well, I, ha- I had finished that bit and <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was ready to move on to something else. I've got an important... But, I've got an important point. Point. Um, people, we can read them in normal speed and then if, any, if it's too slow for someone, they can put the listening speed up to like double It's not speed. that. The issue is my podcast platform doesn't like files over a certain size oh, okay. so i either have to compress the sound so it sounds rubbish oh we'll read fast or then. we put it up in two parts uh. yeah um anyway the other thing that's happened and you know obviously i'm well aware that we're we're you know probably 15 minutes to this episode already we haven't read a single letter it's fine um, we may just have to leave some letters out. Sorry to everyone who wrote in if we do that. Just saying. I don't want to oh. leave anyone. No, I know you don't. And this is the problem. And this is why we get 10 weeks worth of letters and like episodes that last four hours. Okay. No, that's not we the reason why. We can't include that everyone. That is not the reason why. The reason why is that we have to stop and comment on everything. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're the headline act here. <laughs> we're here. They're here for our expertise and our witty repartee. <laughs> I want I want no, my voice to be heard more than anyone else's. <laughs> Importantly, that's the most important thing. Right. Anyway, as I was saying, the other really significant thing that's happened in the last couple of weeks is we've been rumbled. What we've do you been mean? discovered by who's discovered us, Sanya? Oh, Lucy. Lucy. Oh my goodness. Lucy, yeah. listen. That was awful. Lucy, you were so embarrassed. Lucy listened to Biampod while she was on holiday, the same holiday where she listened to the Corona Diaries and texted Age. Um, yes, she said she found it very funny, but did want to shake me from time to time. And now she's been commenting on various Biampod posts, oh. including the one where I moaned about the album being supposedly quite up-tempo and rocky. Oh, um, what did she say? She said, is it though? Ah, oh, see, see. She, yeah. I've heard her say that the band's definition of up-tempo may not necessarily be what most people would call up-tempo. Yeah. So, you know. Well, I, I was really, I felt really embarrassed because I thought, oh gosh, she's picked literally the wrong time, the wrong era to listen to this podcast. Yeah. Which is the 90, or late Rose 90s. Or Rose Supreme. Yeah. I thought, oh God, we're, we're done for. That's it. We're, we're, we're never going to. Yeah, be allowed to, into a Marillion gig again. Uh, and then I remembered, oh, yeah, but things started getting better only after Lucy joined the band. <laughs> so, it's okay. so she's probably yeah. like, like loving it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the other thing as well I wanted to say quickly before, I know we're getting onto uh, anamactophobia in a couple of weeks because uh, next week we're probably going to do a re-look at Fugazi to coincide with the oh, new yes, deluxe edition. Oh, yes, because you've got your lovely... Deluxe edition yes. already, don't you? We should be watching the uh, documentaries this weekend. We need to do that. Um, but we'll look at it. We'll talk about it next week. I did re-listen uh, to Fugazi, but it wasn't your You need to listen to the deluxe one. one. It was the original. Don't do that. Don't do that. Well, and you've got to have something to compare it to, right? That's true. Um, so uh, what was I talking about? What was I t- even talking about? What was I talking about? I have no idea. Lucy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember now. Anamachnophobia. So in our last episode, I think I said I didn't like anamachnophobia. I've changed that. I do like it. 
Oh. Yeah, I listened to it again. Oh. And actually, um, I know you still don't like it. No, I, 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 that, I did uh, not uh, say You don't I think it's like a vast it. improvement? I said it's better than Marillion.com, but I, I would still class it as kind of the same kind of level as um, this strange engine. Okay. Let's say. All right. Well, we'll we'll discuss it in a couple of weeks after we've talked about Fugazi again. All right. But I do think, I think there is a significant change with anamacrophobia, mm. having given it given it even more time. But that's not what we're here for. Letter one. Let's read the letters. Our first letter is from our friend Bognor Regis. Wicked pisser. The wicked pisser. Uh, this is again. Remember, all these letters have been edited for brevity uh, because it was all getting a bit audio book length. Right. Here is my track by track review of this train wreck that seemed to have gathered that they <laughs> seem to have gathered together from some musician boot sale. Dot wow. com, by the way, we're talking about legacy. A true steamer. <laughs> Cannot decide what it wants to be. Some interesting guitar working places. That's the only tiny bit of redeeming quality wow. of this song. A mess. Vocals are crap. Yeah, it is a mess. <laughs> deserve. Right. Deserve. Dated by 15 years. He does say, Paul, I think you misunderstand the intent of the lyrics, but I won't go into that here. Oh, fighting talk, huh, Regis? Interior Lulu. I have to say, I truly love the keyboard solo that you both hate. <laughs> it's the most standout item on this album and the next few minutes until it goes down another road and gets lost. House. I think this would be better as an atmospheric instrumental. Yeah, but it doesn't do anything. Interesting musical stuff going on here, muddied by H try uh, to render the song almost unlistable. Wow. Wow. Okay. Summation, my least favourite Marillion album. It's like they went rummaging through an attic full of jams and came up with a musical collage that just doesn't work. We know H worships at the altar of the Beatles and to some extent Jeff Lynne, but you aren't them and don't try to be as it is annoying as hell. <laughs> this album has been deleted from my iPod. What? As a huge fan of this no band, way. I almost feel bad for saying what I have, but I have to be honest, I did not seek them out again until Marbles. I was wow. pretty much done. Wow. I, I don't feel so bad now. I actually felt a little bit down after we recorded our last episode. Yeah, me too. I have to say, the whole next day, I felt a little bit flat and just like a little bit down because I felt that I'd been unfair you haven't been unfair but, um, you've been you've been but, honest about what yeah, you felt i guess and sometimes but i didn't it's not, really want to no. put my honest opinion out there but you know reading regis's letter it's like okay i don't feel so bad now i'm not Th- i'm not alone in feeling the way i feel thing is though it's like when you have an argument with someone particularly someone you care about yes. right and you both say some things that you regret you feel yeah. rotten afterwards yeah and it's a bit like that, isn't it, really? We know we yeah, love Marillion. Yeah, a similar feeling. And unfortunately, you know, we've been saying for weeks now how much we hate .com. Um, so, yeah, it's going to leave a stain. So, next one from Charlie. Luff, luff, luff. Paul. What? Let's go on, you got to read Charlie Luff, 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 Luff's letter. Should I say that about your name? If you want to, try it. Pop, 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 pop. <laughs> yeah, you can, actually, because it's quite funny. <laughs> Especially the way your cheeks puffed out then. <laughs> so, Charlie Luff. Luff, 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 Luff. <laughs> pop, 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 pop. Stop that. Stop that. <laughs> uh, all right, Charlie says, 
I last got in touch with you during the Holidays in Eden episodes where I moaned about the steamer that is the title track. There's some reggae bass eight years before H started banging on about lack of black influences in the band's output. output. Hmm. I love listening to your... I'm trying to read fast, by the way. Okay, do it. Um, I love listening to your thoughts on Marillion.com, my least favourite Marillion album, although Happiness is the Road 10 years later got me very worried again. As regards .com, I completely agree with you that much of it seems unfinished, little of it gels, it's disconnected and sends mixed messages, quite possibly mirroring, mirroring H's emotional well-being at the time, I guess. I never liked the album packaging either. I don't mind the image of the laptop girl, but the font, the flimsiness, the quality of production, etc. just seem particularly unloved and unattractive. Can I just agree with that? Because, yeah, my copy of the album got really sort of misshapen very quickly because it was so sort of cheaply put together. Yeah, real shame. And also, if you were collecting things on CD, Mm. uh, it didn't match with, like, the rest of your collection. Not like, obviously, you know me. (laughs) (laughs) You know the state of mind. You are not known for having a pristine (laughs) or or any kind of work but it didn't it didn't match because it was in this digipack wow okay i'm just thinking of people like my friend anthony oh okay fair enough yeah but in your case would you even notice that it didn't match um hmm where was i up to always struck me uh it always struck me how the how stark the song titles are too mostly single words was that them stripping stuff down to a simpler form or just lack of imagination sorry sanya but i've always found go quite ploddy and wishing it to get going of course the royal albert hall performance with light sticks is great and the lyrics admittedly are wonderful or i always loved wide awake at the edge of the world but musically, not one. Musically, it's not one I'd return to too often. Enlightened is pretty enough. It gets better, but is nothing to get excited about. And at least the late nineties were finished with. Some lessons were learned, and some sublime music was yet to come. Like the Invisible Man, Ocean Cloud, and Neverland. They were only five years away. So worth the wait and the commitment. Yes, indeed. I have nothing more to add. Look at us whizzing through these letters. The oh, next one's a lot. Uh, the next one's a longer one. Okay. Poo, what's that smell? It's Ian Winnick in Cologne. <laughs> <laughs> you get it? Yeah. <laughs> it, would, it would, but it's not. Cologne is a nice smell, so it would be like, ooh, what's that nice smell? Well, I don't know. I used to work with a guy who wore a lot of cologne, and it wasn't nice. It used to make your eyes water. Oh, really? Yeah, too much. He, he wore it to cover up his body odour. Oh, no. Because you could smell it underneath. Oh, no. So every day he'd just layer another layer of cologne on. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, not, not ever a good mix, yeah, is the it? management spoke to him about it in the end. About the cologne or the not washing? The both. Well, the, yeah, the body odour beneath. I have a bath, mate. Oh. Um, where I used to work once, a customer came in and he hadn't washed in a long time and one of the ladies I worked with she was a bit older than us like she was like 20 years older than us so it's fine she was nearly at retirement age 
she gave him a bar of soap as a present. Oh, what? That's she used mean. to chat with him and she was like, oh, look, I hate to say this, but please go and have a wash. I mean, she was the only one that ever dealt with him. But yeah, she actually had to, in a sensitive way. When uh, another place I worked once, a guy came in once with a poo on his head. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to hear something really bad? Um, When I work, this is the same place I work, but in a different branch. Um, It was raining once and this lady came in and it was an old lady. (laughs) She literally had a plastic bag on her head and I laughed so much I had to leave. <laughs> I had to, I've seen, I had I've to seen go, that. I had to like go. I was serving her as well. It was horrible. I've seen people and with I, that. I couldn't stop laughing because it was so funny and I was I had to excuse myself and go into the back room. <laughs> she must have known she looked funny. I don't think she did. Anyway, I can't can't imagine why our episodes last too long. Uh, we don't get through the letters. <laughs> so Ian Winnick in Pooey Cologne. Not the Cologne the city smells. Obviously it doesn't. Probably smells nice. I have been to Cologne, I think. I don't remember it smelling of anything. Cologne. Is that yeah. how you say it in German? You say it how you like, love. Dear Sandy and Paul, first of all, let me just say, I'm, I'm meant to cut all the bits out where everyone says how much they love us. By the way, just to say, if, if <laughs> did you, you now? If you have, if you send us a message, and just because I haven't read out people saying they love us in the, all of these letters, we do. I love those bits; they're my favourite bits <laughs> of the letters. So make sure you do leave those in. In fact, we won't even consider one of your letter letters unless you say how much you love the podcast. <laughs> Uh, anyway, over the last six months, I've been happily working my way chronologically through the Marillion discography and checking out your reviews of the albums once I've broken them in. I always crack a smile whenever Iron Maiden gets a mention, not least when the first 15 minutes of an early episode dealt with how cool Iron Maiden were. <laughs> they are cool. One endearing trait that I feel is shared by Marillion and Maiden fans is that they don't give a damn about perceived coolness. Hell, I even wear my Beampod t-shirt in public. Thank oh, you, Ian. Ian doesn't smell anymore. Beampod t-shirts guaranteed to combat body odour and make you ten times cooler and sexier. Hang on a minute, he's saying we're not cool. Beampod isn't a cool t-shirt. I've got a Beampod t-shirt, I wore it yesterday. Yeah, if anyone wants to buy Actually, I've got two Beampod, Beampod t-shirts. t-shirt or mug, there's a link in the episode description. Uh, also, if you want to support us on Patreon, www.patreon.com slash MrBiff, I could do with the money. Uh, funnily enough, it was actually Iron Maiden who steered me back to Marillion. I say back to Marillion, but in truth, my only knowledge of the band was the singles collection, which showed little indication of the glorious heights to which the H-era lineup would rise soon afterwards. I had noticed that in my old age, four years younger than Paul, I was getting much more into the progier side of recent Maiden and was toying with the idea of dipping a toe in early Genesis, yes, and the other prog groups to which Maiden main man, Steve Harris, was in thrall. Oh, I've just remembered that my favourite Queen album has always been the ultra-proggy Queen too. Shortly after that, I read an interview with Maiden guitarist and all-round fine chap, Yannick Gers, who uh, was Fish's guitarist for a while, in which he enthused about Marillion's craftsmanship and musicianship. And there and then I realised that this was a band I needed to explore with more mature ears. Ears that, these days, were much more receptive to layered, well-crafted, highly emotional music like Elbow and The National. Love Elbow. Love Elbow. Saw him once on a train. Do you remember when I used to think the singer's name was actually Elbow. Yeah, rather than the singer in a band called Elbow. 
Oh, well. Weird. I, yeah, I saw Greg Garvey on a train. He gave me a right dirty look. Did he? Yeah, as he was walking to the toilets. Did you do something naughty? I don't think so. I had a pull on my head. <laughs> <laughs> it was at the time I was next to you with a plastic bag on my yeah. head. <laughs> I always thought he was really friendly, but he just he just gave me a dirty look. Well, my, well, he, that just might have been his I've, resting bitch face. I've hated him ever since. <laughs> Have you? He just glanced like at him. me. He's a, fine. He, look, no, he's, he looks like a friendly guy. He does look friendly, doesn't he? Do you remember that when we were on holiday and that person said that I looked like him? No. Yeah. Who, who we was at Universal Studios. Um, oh. And that, that, that family with that um, cowardly son. Paul! Well, he was a coward. <laughs> That's so mean. <laughs> that, that son entertained us for an entire day and for the rest of the trip and up until now because we always reminisce about him. He was way too old to be screaming like that on, <laughs> on, on the King Kong ride. It was brilliant. Not even a roller coaster. Like, <laughs> the sky's falling, the sky's falling. <laughs> he didn't like that particular ride. Don't go on it then. Uh, he didn't have a choice. His porrents. His porrents. Porrents. His poor poise porrents. <laughs> and forced him on it. Anyway, back to Ian's letter. All right. Back to Elbow and Nash, the National Music, with which, in my book, H. Ian Meridian has far more in common than with the Kerangutangs. Good one. It was inexplic- inexplicably lumped in with. So I bought Misplaced Childhood, fell in love with the sweets, and then started from scratch with script, working my way up through the albums, but also revisiting them all at regular intervals. My two favourites are Afraid of Sunlight and Brave, and I'd like to take this opportunity to salute your regular Swedish correspondent, Matthias, who summed up my feelings on Brave almost exactly. At the time of writing, I've just bought Marillion.com. Why'd you buy it? Just stream it. And I've given it a couple of spins, but I'm going to take it on a week's holiday with me before listening to your take. Crap name for an album, though, yeah, it is. Ian Cologne. Hey, before we go on. Yeah. Well, we can go on. (laughs) but we have an addendum from Charlie Lofflofflofflofflofflofflofflofflof. Oh, yes, yes. Do you want to read that? Yes. Charlie said, Musing about whether H has the bite and edge to his voice that Fish did so well, two examples that still give me chills, both from Brave, the latter stages of living with the big lie, and, okay, my ears started ringing. It's really annoying. ding ling 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 Yeah, basically. Alarm's gone off. It has, in my ear. It's distracting me. Tinnitus? Yeah, Tinnitus. Um, the latter stages of living with the big lie and the last of you, both stunning and so powerful. Those plus the last couple of minutes of this strange engine gets me every time. Uh, I'm sure there are other examples. There too. are, there are, and you're absolutely right. Uh, when H has the mu- music that fits with the, that style of his singing, mm. it's sublime. Um, it's when yeah, I, I yeah, I, I don't really want to do it. I'm trying to avoid saying anything negative this week and just letting, you? letting everyone yeah, else say actually, negative stuff. Aww. Yeah, I'm mean, apart from that cowardly boy that we mentioned. The, yeah, but that wasn't about the band. No. Um, Love yeah, that boy. That course, boy made my holiday, yes, by the way. Did. Of course, there are tons of, of songs that he's amazing. I mean, The Invisible Man, I think, he, he really manages to sort of kick out some real raw power in that. And, uh, and I guess it's a different ocean, kind ocean of cloud, edge. but yeah, it's different. It's a different kind of edge. But I think sometimes they do write songs, or sometimes they have written songs that haven't always suited his voice. 
but well, it's yeah, not, a lot on Marillion.com. And it's not to say that his voice isn't capable of having edge and bite, because it is. Mm. Um, and some of my favourite H-era songs absolutely do. And as I say, probably my favourite H-era song, Invisible Man, is, is I think, you know, almost unhinged H on that, I think. And it's amazing. Mm. Also, look at Gaza, look at Ocean Cloud, yeah. you know, and other songs that where he's power. really... Yeah, power. Yeah, power less, so he's a bit more restrained in that. Is he? Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Anyway. So from Paul Kirkley, who writes for Doctor Who magazine. Ooh. Yeah, I didn't know that. You read that. I don't you just read it. I'm subscribed to it, it and have have been for many, many years. And yes. I had no idea. Um, Paul says, uh, I really enjoyed the Meridian.com eps and thought I'd chip in with a few brief thoughts. I don't think this is their worst album. In fact, it would probably only just scrape into the bottom five for me. It's definitely a bottom scraper as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, um, I largely agree with you about the bits that don't work. Deserve is a horrible sentiment wedded to a forgettable tune, as is built in Bastard Radar, which strays dangerously close to sounding like some sort of incel anthem. Yes, it does. Um, like Paul, <laughs> yeah. it does. Like Paul, I'm also divided on the lyrics of Rich, which do feel a bit eat, pray, love. <laughs> <laughs> so true. But have brought genuine comfort and perspective over the years. Yeah, and same. I was, yeah, divided. That said, I don't think the bit about the fearful falling foul of fate as often as the reckless would stand up to rigorous statistical analysis. <laughs> yeah, true. But there's a lot to love on this album. I like the swirling drama of a legacy where Marillion give us a passable attempt at a Bond theme, though the sudden rock interludes are a bit of a mood killer. Go is one of the most beautiful songs the band have ever recorded, and I've always loved House, even if it does sound more like Simply Red than Massive Attack. True. Ironically, the opening of Interior Lulu really does sound like Massive Attack. It has that air of crepuscular menace that could have been lifted straight off of Mezzanine. And you're right, Paul. You're absolutely right. It does. Yeah, that kind of slow, kind of creeping sort of darkness that, yeah, crepuscular. In fact... They should have called the new album that. Yeah, what a pile of crepusculars. Uh, Crepusque. Stop it. For me, Interior Lulu stands among the best of Marillion's big, long epics. I love the words and the twisting, nagging melodies. And for all its Frankenstein origins, it feels a lot less lumpy and awkward than Ocean Cloud or Gaza. And yes, I agree about the horrible keyboard wig out. But this strange engine has an equally horrible keyboard solo. And nobody complains about that, do they? Does it? Paul ponders, will I be shunned by the global Marillion community if I admit I often scrub through the middle bit of this strange engine to get back to the good stuff? Oh, wow. Blimey. There, I said I'd keep it brief-ish. Keep up the great work, Paul. Thank you, Paul! Thank you very much. Okay, our next letter is from Alison Warner. The Warner sister. Yes. And Alison says, When Marillion.com... I can't, I can't pronounce words today. When Marillion.com came out, I thought it was a bit of an improvement over radiation, which I really didn't like at the time. I thought the songs were catchy and I listened to it a lot, but within a few months it had wore out its welcome and went back on the shelf and I barely touched it again, with one exception. Interior Lulu is one of my favourite Marillion songs, definitely in my top five, and I still listen to it regularly. I have learnt to be cautious with albums I like right away, as I've usually gone off them after about six months. I can only think of four in my experience that were both instantaneous and a grower. 
host by Paradise Lost. We're here because we're human by an... No, no, We're no. here because we're here. Sorry. We're here... Be- <laughs> Where did I even get the word human from in that? Yeah. We're here because we're here by Anathema. Blackwater Park by Opeth. It's a plane going he- over. Hey, it's a plane going over, just as I'm about to say, Fear by Marillion. Oh, yeah. I was about to go, look, mummy, there's an aeroplane up in the sky. I like aeroplane jelly. What's that one? Aeroplane jelly. What is that? It's an advert. It's not, not Pink Floyd, is it? Which no. is what I was doing. Oh. Um, it doesn't matter how long it takes, whether it's months or years, but that moment when an album finally clicks is one of the best feelings. In re-listening to the Castle albums, I've come to reassess them a bit. I still don't love them, but maybe they aren't as bad as they've been in my head all this time. Alison Warner. Yes. We're getting I'm, through I'm them. Hoping that, so... I'm hoping that... Um, I don't think the Marillion.com is going to be a grower for me. I'm hoping oh. that anarachnophobia <laughs> is. It's not a grower for me, that's for sure. Have you had any instant albums that you instantly loved and uh, very few. still love? Very few. And I always to re-listen to. All my favourite albums I didn't love initially. Really? Yeah. Yeah, no. I've ha- I mean, I love it when that happens, when you listen to something the first time and you you think you don't like it and then it becomes one of your favourites. There have been... Um, there have been songs that I've loved initially. Yeah. Like Fantastic Place on Marbles. Mm. I remember because I... I had to go out uh, when the album arrived. And so I had to listen to it in the car for the first time. That was my first listen to, to Marbles. And I remember when um, Fantastic Place came on and I just had the biggest grin on my face, just thinking, ah, yes, this is the good stuff. Oh, and it stayed one uh, of your favourites. Yeah, it has. Yeah, so, um, but on the whole, yeah, even my favourite Marillion albums, I didn't immediately click with any of them, any of them. Even Fear took me a while, and I really love Fear. Yeah, Fear took me a couple of listens. I mean, New Kings, when it came out, I think I listened to it about four times in a Mm. row on repeat because I wasn't sold initially. In fact, it took me until after the album had come out, I think, with New New Kings. Perhaps even after seeing it live. Really? That long? Okay, it didn't take me that long. Yeah, it does sometimes. Sometimes I need to see the songs live before they click. Mm. But and New Kings I absolutely love now. But at the time I just thought, yeah, it's sort of them trying to do a kind of Invisible Man type song. But then... Uh, in the context of the album, like when you listen to it yeah, uh, in, as a whole, it really fits. It's why it's so well. important to get that running order right. And yes. why it's so important to get yep. songs that feel like they fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and why, and I will keep arguing this to my deathbed, Somewhere Else is a better album than everyone gives it credit for because the songs do fit on there. Whereas, um, you know, the problems with something like com is it's just like a collection of bits. That mm. none of, it doesn't really Maybe they haven't been placed in the... Well, we talked about way. perhaps doing this, yeah. didn't we? Um, yeah. At some point, so we will. Hmm. There you go. There we go. Next letter is from HDE. That's that's what he calls himself, herself, themselves. The most recent instalments covering the castle years have been quite surprising. Surprise! Uh, it seems our views on those albums in particular are very different. I'm firmly of the idea that there's no right or wrong when it comes to this stuff. If all of us fans unanimously loved and hated the same tracks, it'd suck the joy out of listening to the band and following their progress. 
but I found it perversely entertaining to note where our tastes diverge. And as I always say, it's like, we're not definitive. And we know, we know we will say things that a lot of people might disagree with. Yes. But by the same token, got to be honest. Got to be honest. We're honest people just trying to make our way in the universe. Where's that quote? Almost from. Almost from? Mm. Where? Attack of the Clones. Okay, I'm never going to guess that, Paul. I would never guess that. Just an honest man trying to make my way in the universe. Do you like your clones? (laughs) They'll do their job. (laughs) Um... Back to HDE's letter. I thought the recent episodes devoted to Meridian.com were especially interesting. When I got my hands on that album, I was really pleased with it. Radiation had left a bad taste in my mouth. and usually does. <laughs> it's going to fall out. Don't eat radiation, yeah. kids. Radiation pie. Oh, that's a good name for an album. It was, I wasn't that's a, fan. a great name for an album. Radiation pie. I wasn't a fan of the band's sound on it, and a good number of the songs just weren't what I wanted or expected from them. But .com charted a step back towards territory I was happier for Marillion to be in. That's true, actually. It's less of a radical Marillion album in some ways than than Radiation was. But it doesn't mean it's necessarily a better one. I think. Certain cuts like Interior Lulu and Built in Bastard Raider sat ill with me for various reasons, but I still felt that overall it was a more interesting album. I'm going to be really interested to see what you have to say about somewhere else after Paul's comments on an episode or three back. In fact, in this episode just now. To my mind, barring just a couple of tracks, that album feels like an, the absolute nadir of Marillion's output. Obviously, oh, it's just my opinion, oh but it feels to me like a collection of embarrassingly mediocre songs from a band that's provided proved time and time again that they can do so much better. Still, at least it gives me an excuse to use the word nadir. Oh dear. <laughs> oh dear, Nadir. Oh dear, thank you for that. Um, yeah, I look, maybe I'll change my mind when I listen to it again, but, but every time I listen to it, because it has such a bad reputation somewhere else, every time I listen to it, yes, the production is crap. Sorry, it is. Yeah, it's deliberately crap because that's what apparently they intended to do. Um, it hasn't got that kind of lovely, spacious Meridian sound. It feels very tight and claustrophobic. So, uh, but but the songs, they're really good songs. Sorry, there are. You know, I love the other half. I think uh, the title track is amazing. I love, um, I think Thank You Whoever You Are is really good. Uh, yes, it's got most toys on it. Yes, um, the wound is a bit, eh, but it's still, still good. I'm saying it now. Saying it now. I'll have to listen to it dot holds com, together. Dot com and somewhere else next to each other and then they can battle it out for yeah. the position of Nadir. We, we should do a, um, a Marillion, when we get to the end of all the albums, we should do a Marillion Olympics. Yes, kind of, best and worst. Yeah, a World Cup. Yeah, we, should, we definitely should. All right, Matthew Ravel, the Malteser man. Matthew says, howdy. Yeah. Here's what I want from the next Marillion album. Lyrics that are less literal. Well, we've got a title that's less literal. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, which is controversial in and of itself. Yeah. 
Um, Sounds That Can't Be Made seems to be a turning point in H's lyrics where he is looking more to the outside world for inspiration. Why do I care? Well, I think H's lyrics are at their best when he is looking to give voice to something deep within him. I'm not asking for H to be sad. He has given us some wonderful lyrics that come from happiness. And of course, there are exceptions. There are exemptions, sorry. Easter's lyrics. Easter's lyrics are beautiful, for example. I don't want to preempt your discussion of the later albums, but I struggle to connect with sounds that can't be made and fear because I find it harder to put my own interpretation on the songs. Montreal is the standout example, of course, where H sings his diary. And The Leavers has some of Marillion's best music in years, would you connect emotionally to a song where a plumber tells you about all the boilers he serviced that week? If oh, no, we wouldn't, because we've had boiler stories this week. Yes, just um, what we needed. If you're not a plumber, probably not. Don't want to be reminded about boilers. No. Thanks a, thanks a lot, Matthew. <laughs> oh, no, I owe them a phone call. Anyway, um, we know... We know from what H has said that his lyrics this time are likely to focus on what's happening in the world rather than what's happening in H. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, oh. I didn't. I didn't. Know I thought that. they. I, I. I got. I. I believe there's some environmental themes. Right. I think there's some aging themes. I thought there were some like coming to the end of your life themes. Yeah, and I believe the events of the past year and a half have found their way in. Right, he said, right. he has said there's not anything particularly political if I'm right on there. Mm. And there's not anything overtly about the pandemic, but he said, you know, inevitably it would creep in. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Mm. Um, so I would love for the new album to be more mysterious and less literal Marillion can certainly do songs about issues in a way that allows for poetry, so I'm holding out hope. I'd also really like distinct songs that have their own identity. Again, not wanting to jump ahead, but I don't think I could tell you the name of a single song from Disc One of Happiness is the Road without checking the listing first. Really? If they're not distinct songs, then it has to be something that works so well as a consistent whole um, like brave or misplaced, that the individual songs don't matter. Anyway, I guess we'll get a glimpse in November. Thanks for the podcast. And you're wrong about if my heart were a ball. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. Um, yeah, I think I disagree, Matthew, with you. I think um, I think for a start, on both brave and misplaced, I think the songs are distinct from one another. I don't think. I definitely think on misplaced they are. They are on brave. You can't say the Great Escape and the title track and Mad. Are some the of same. them on Brave are. Some of them do kind of blend together a no, bit. No, they don't. And actually, yeah, <laughs> no, I guess no, in the, the second heart, so the second don't. side of Misplaced, they can just kind of blend. Hmm? What do you say? Nothing. What did you just say? I didn't say anything. I heard you whispering. What did you say? Nothing. You said I wasn't listening to you. <laughs> You weren't, were you? You've guessed that that's what I was saying. You'll find out. You'll find out on the podcast when you listen to it back. Fine. Yeah. Um, as for the yeah, I get what you mean. I I think I really like Fear as an album. However, I don't think 
the topics or the subjects that were written about were the most original. And I, don't, I agree, I don't think he wrote about them in the most original way either on that album. But at the same time, it, it he was angry about something and it comes across and it works for me. Um, I, as well on that album, my favourite lyric, which is one of the more kind of mysterious sort of ones, is White, uh, white Paper. I mm. love the lyric on that. Mm. Incredible lyric. You know, my eyes that hurry to see no more. Oh, God, that gets me every time. Aww. Though it's not actually borrowed that from somewhere, I think. Took it from a poem. But, oh, really? Yeah. Oh. But, yeah, I mean, that song is just like, it's world class, that song. Mm. Absolutely world class. It's one of those Meridian songs that I'll go to people and go, look, this is why they're great. And they do it without it being kind of 20 minutes long. Anyway, next letter from our old friend Matthias in Sweden. Oh, sorry, that was our sponsor again. <laughs> Sponsy. Sponsy the sponsor chicken. <laughs> it's our it's the Biampod mascot now. Sponsy the sponsor chicken. You alright, Sponsy? Yeah, what you been up to? Oh, you've been on Marillion and Fans complaining about, about the title of the new album. You don't like the apostrophe? Yeah, well, you need to get over yourself. Go away. That was Sponsy the Sponsor Chicken, everyone. Um... <laughs> Little people are going to send me pictures of chickens. Matthias from Sweden says, Meridian has been such a big and important part of my life, so I almost feel rude to criticise their music. But anyway, this is not a good album. <laughs> Probably my least favourite. I choose to say my least favourite, try to avoid t- sounding too harsh. The only one that comes close is the second disc from Happiness is the Road, The Hard Shoulder. Yeah, it's a bit nothing, that, isn't it? Um, thanks to Paul for reminding me of the great sound quality. Had forgotten about that, so I listened again with headphones and it truly sounds great. Give somewhere else to Stephen Wilson. That could be something. Totally agree, Matthias. I would love to hear a Stephen Wilson remix of somewhere else. I bet then that'd shut everyone up. (laughs) I I wouldn't know. Uh, Next letter. Next letter. Ten points to Gryffindor. Next letter is from Mark Griffin. Who, in the intro bit of his letter that I cut out, the bit where he says how great we are, he also gave me permission to say... Gryffindor. Did he? Yeah, he did. I can't remember the original. He genuinely did. This letter. Okay, all right then. You can go back and read it. Yeah, so I ten will. points to Gryffindor. All right. I mean, he probably he probably says it wearily, like just like, just say it, get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna say it anyway, so fine. Right. <laughs> okay. Mark says, Marillion's precarious position at this point in their career was made obvious by the dot com tour. I think it was. Only about four dates and I saw them at JB's in Dudley, which I seem to remember had posters for Blaze Bailey gig. (laughs) Sorry, I said that wrong. Wow, that was... (laughs) You were really confused. (laughs) Which had posters for a Blaze Bailey gig. Do you know who Blaze Bailey is? Yeah. Yeah? Anthony loves him. Oh, really? I've never heard of him. Oh, Anthony loves all those old 80s washed up heavy metal acts. Oh, um, to think that Marillion had fallen that far. No offence to Blaze. It's true, though. I also saw the show at Shepherd's Bush, which was a great performance, even though they had dropped Lulu from the set list, which was played in Dudley. So things looked grim. But as we know, a slow upwards curve was on the way. 
Marillion's commercial decline had been sad to witness, but I think they had already peaked commercially with Misplaced Childhood. Let's not forget that after Incommunicado, none of the singles from Clutching at Straws had even reached the top 20. I know this will cause some trouble, but it's interesting that while Marillion were definitely at their commercial nadir, Fish had fallen even further and much faster. And while I took no satisfaction in this, I do wonder how much worse things would have looked for the band if Fish was playing arenas and having hit albums. Before I go, I would be intrigued to hear Sanya's opinion on the How We Live album, if you get the chance, Mark. Me too. I think you'll ah. love it. I think you'll love it. Yes, that's one to visit. We're going to let's do an app on that as yeah, well. Yeah, we should. Soonish. Yeah. Because I don't want to get through all these albums too soon. Uh, okay. Yeah, How We Live is definitely one yeah, to do yeah, an app, yeah, app sure. on. Yeah, 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 for sure. I really like it. Do you? Yeah, it's really poppy. It's just shame it's the 80s pop. Right. Um it's really interesting, yeah, what Mark says there, because, of course, yeah, Fish was not doing as well as Meridian at that point. I was, I was point. thinking that just last week, um, thinking, like, how they both kind of, without each other, yeah, neither of them were as strong. No, although I think it's fair to say... At least at that, in that... At that time. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that Marillion probably then went on to sell more albums. Marillion, the, yes. In the, the new millennium. Yeah, uh, Marillion fish. started to climb up again. But he had, he had peaks as well where, you know, at least certainly creatively, that where it, things were better. But yeah, he never reached the sort of same kind of heights again. Yeah, when we saw him in Southampton, do you remember that? It was a mm. tiny little place. Never forget it. Yes, I know you didn't enjoy it. He did play the whole of the Highwood Suite. One particular half an hour that it was like, I'm just going to go to the loo for this. Came back in. Oh, it's still on. Okay, I'm just going to go and call my daughter. Yeah. And then it came in. Still going. (laughs) Yeah. It just wouldn't end. It was hard going. Song was like four songs in one. Yeah, we took up smoking just to stand outside (laughs) (laughs) during that song. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But, and yeah, who knows if they'd stay together. It's an impossible question because they weren't getting along. No. So, you know, they'd have played different music and, yeah. That would have seeped into their music. One way or another. That disharmony. The negativity. Mm. All right, I'll read the next one. It's a long one, but I kept it more or less intact because it's from all the way from New Zealand. Wow. From Brendan Norrie. Oh, brilliant. Which is... So we've got two listeners in New Zealand now. Have we? Who's yeah. the other one? Um, the the New Zealand names. Prime Minister. <laughs> no. There's only two people who live in New Zealand, so it's probably her. And <laughs> <laughs> Brendan. <laughs> it's just those two and some sheep. <laughs> oh, no, sorry, I'm Peter Jackson. Oh, Paul. <laughs> They won't let you into New Zealand if you ever try to go. Well, it's like, it's Iceland. Right? Right. Everyone's related in Iceland. Are they? Well, yeah, it's like my mate Tim, whose yeah. um, wife is Icelandic. It's it's his his mother-in-law was a presidential candidate. Uh, you know, they, they said he turned up there one you know, year and, you know, there were all cameras waiting for her family coming off the plane. Oh, wow. Filming him. But that's only because there are so few people there that sooner or later everyone's a presidential candidate. 
Zeit. It's like, yeah, they'll just go round everyone, they'll get through everyone in about like, you know, five years. Uh, yeah, but yeah, everyone's got to, you know, relate to Bjork. <laughs> That'd be cool. Some way. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. You, everyone's like sort of second or third cousin of Bjork. Anyway. I want to find out what... Whether you're related to Bjork. Yeah. What are you looking up? What other listeners? All right, well, while you're doing that... Because he always messages us. He did the pictures for us. The Venus holding the Marillion Doctor. Oh, picture. yeah. Well, we read his out last week. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I touched the chicken but again. I feel bad Steady. because of my memory. I'm not great with remembering... Names or faces. Anyway, while you're doing that, while you're wittering on, I'm going to read Brendan's letter. I write to you from Christchurch, New Zealand. Could I be your most southern Pete listener? Pete Pajamas. Ah, PJ. Yeah, Pete Pajamas. Um, of course, we should have remembered that. He's even a Patreon. www.patreon.com slash Mr. Biffo. Anyway, so yeah, it depends. Pete and um, Brendan, we need a competition. Who's Who's more southern? We need to find out which city Pete Pajamas lives in. You two should get together. <laughs> Compare sheep. Paul, stop it. <laughs> what would it's you do true. if I started saying stuff like that do, to you? Do you reckon they've both been in? Oh, you should get together with all your listeners that live in England. Compare crumpets. It's fine. I don't mind. You wouldn't. Um, that do, wouldn't get weary. Do you think Bre- Brendan and Pete, PJ, Pete yeah. Pajamas, were you in? Lord of the Rings, because most people who lived in New Zealand were, weren't they? Sanya. Really? You, do you, you got any idea how many people I've met in Scotland who were in Braveheart? Bloody loads. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm probably on dodgy ground, so I'm moving on. Um, I've been enjoying your podcast for some time and thought I'd drop you an email. My Meridian journey started in 1985 with Misplaced Childhood and really by chance. At the time, I was in my last year of high school and I was into Deep Purple, White Snake, Saxon, Iron Maiden, Black Sabbath, Jimmy Barnes and Dio. Jimmy oh, Barnes, woohoo! You love him, don't you? He's your god. He's still going, I He's think. He's your god, isn't he? Yeah, he is. <laughs> He's still going. Uh, so I was definitely not one of the cool boys at school. Who was, Brendan? I'd purchased an American rock mag called Rock Scene, and in amongst interviews with Ronnie James Dio, David Coverdale, and Bruce Dickinson, there was an interview with a Scottish chap called Fish. I read the interview and thought this Meridian band sounds interesting, and I went and bought a copy of the just released Misplaced Childhood LP, and I was instantly hooked like a fish. <laughs> um, ben didn't write that bit, just in case you thought he was funnier than me. Um. <laughs> Goodness, what are we going to do with you today? Uh, to this day, Miss Bass Child is my all time favorite albums. Fish's words, couple. <laughs> so You're really... laughing at yourself, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah well, yeah. Ben has not said anything funny yet. Uh, to this day, Misplaced Child is one of my all-time favourite albums. Fish's words coupled with the band's music just makes for a compelling listen. So I scoured the three decent record shops here in Christchurch and purchased everything I could find that Meridian had released. When Season's End was released, I really loved the album and went, phew, they still sound like Meridian. But the singer is very different and I like the soulfulness of his voice. That's the word for That's H. the word, That's yes. it. Thank well, you, Brendan. Mystical, yes. We'll still keep Soulful. mystical. Because mystical relates more to the music as well, but soulful. That's what he's got that Fish hasn't. He does, yes. H has soul. Fish has... (laughs) He doesn't have a soul. Fish doesn't (laughs) have a soul, which is ironic, given he's a fish. 
Fishas, there's a word in Italian, which is the only way I can explain what fish has, and I'm, I can't pronounce it properly. It's like, it's called grinta, which is a kind of, I guess, a kind of edginess, but I I can't find an English word that tra- translates properly to it, and fish has that. Do you know what fish also has that H doesn't? What? About an extra foot and a half. <laughs> Dear me. <laughs> Dear me. Uh, where was it? The Soulfulness thing. Great album. Back to season's end, this is. Great album, which could only have been improved upon by the addition of the song and the release. Yes. My go-to if I've had a rough day at work. Just bliss. Love it. When I first read your letter, by the way, Brendan, I went and listened to the release and I forgot how bloody good it is. While living in London, I was lucky enough to meet the woman who is now my wife. Weirdly, she is also a Kiwi from Christchurch, so you travel halfway around the world and meet and fall in love with someone from your hometown. Go figure. Did she work in a bar? It's normally Australians who work in bars in London. Okay. Do Kiwis work in bars in London? I don't know. Do they? Um, You never worked in a bar, did you? I know. That's weird. You must be the first Australian to come to London and not work in a bar. Um, we did the drive around Europe camping thing that most Kiwis and Aussies do in our case in a leased Renault Clio with a freight of sunlight blasting on the car stereo definitely one of my favourite albums and my wife's too I love Cannibal Surf Babe but then when your beloved is serenading you with Lie Down My Dear I think you're going to enjoy this okay TMI and I was born in 1960 <laughs> weird I'm your nightmare server babe well how could you not love this song Sanya why have you never sung that to me because we don't have thanks <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to see whether you kind of whether you just move on or kind of want to deny what I just well, said. Your lie, your blatant lie. Oh, she's saying we do. Um, I, <laughs> what I wanted because I'm, I'm quite confident you're going to edit that out. I'm not. You are. No, I won't. Are Why should so- I? What? We're married. Come on. There's nothing wrong with it. The listeners don't want to think about that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, well. Speak for themselves. Oh, sorry. The what's his name? Sponsy the chicken. I keep touching him. Um. Ooh. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, I do apologise, listeners. <laughs> She's got quite frisky all of a sudden. <laughs> I just wanted to say how perfect of an album is "Afraid of Sunlight" to listen to on a road trip. Mm. Like that yeah, is, is the road trip album. It is the road trip album. I agree. Anyway, Brendan carries on. So onto this strange engine. He did mention all the other albums. I just cut all that. Um, so onto this strange. Not because there was anything wrong with it, Brendan, but it was like about three thousand words, and my throat can only manage so much. Um, so onto this strange engine. Not a fan, to be honest. Apart from Man of a Thousand Faces, there is not much to like. For me, I think the issue is the way it sounds, just dull and bland. That is so true. Why does that album sound sound dull? I mean, it was mixed by Dave Megan. Why does it sound so flat? I really think it does. You mean production-wise? Yeah. The songs... It's part of the problem with this Strange Engine for me. It sounds really flat. Hmm. Anyway, by this time we were back in New Zealand and I had to rely on my sister, who was still in London, to purchase a copy for me. Trying to find Meridian and Fish's releases during the late 90s in New Zealand was virtually impossible. Most people in record shops had never heard of them. I mean, it wasn't much easier in Britain, to be honest at times um then came radiation which was an improvement over tse more eclectic more electric and more diverse 
The band was still guilty of chasing fads, but there were some great songs. I love Now Shall Never Know, These Chains, Few Words for the Dead especially, and I don't mind the rest, to be frank. The remix, I think, is very good. Um, I, uh, I probably relate to some of the lyrical themes as well, especially here in Christchurch, a very English city in New Zealand. When I was growing up, it seemed very staid, so I was desperate to escape and see more of the world. Songs like These Chains and Bored to Run do resonate with me. Meridian.com, this is an interesting one. For me personally, .com is a great sounding album and as you mentioned on the podcast, the band sound very tight. Uh, on the whole, it's a Meridian album I do love and enjoy listening to. Maybe it worked for me because of where I was in my life when it came out. We had just bought our house. It sounded great on my hi-fi when we had friends over and it was a real mix of sounds. For me, it is a summer album. Here in Christchurch, the months of January and February usually have a lot of sunny settled weather with a long with long warm evenings and cranking up .com on a sunny summer afternoon or evening just works. I can't imagine anyone listening to .com just for pleasure rather than because they've got to listen to it for a podcast. can't imagine anyone doing that. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the whole album and having it on in the background. Why would you do that? Did you never listen to it for pleasure when it came out? <sighs> yeah, but you now, now. You must I did, have. yeah, of course, because I know all the songs off by heart, but now I wouldn't. Um... Being a Meridian fan in New Zealand in the 80s was a lonely experience. I'm envious of British and European fans especially who get to see the band regularly live, well, before these crazy COVID times, and attend conventions. I've held out hope for a gig or even better, a convention in Sydney or Melbourne as Australia is only three and a half hours away, but to no avail. Who knows? Maybe one day. I'd love to go to a Meridian gig in Australia. Well, we totally would. If they did, if they ever toured down there, I think we'd find a way. Yeah. Imagine if they had like a Marillion weekend in Australia. I met a guy after one of the Marillion weekends who was Australian. I think I told you this. I was I got the coach back with him to the airport, mm. um, and he was he made he'd come from Australia for the for wow. the, the Port Zealand. That's uh, quite convention. a journey. Yeah, but he said he'd spoken to Lucy about trying to organise one down there because he said there were there is a fan base but they're all spread out. Yes. So he said, you know, he'd been talking to them down there, the sort of freaks down under or whatever they called themselves to try and sort of get enough interest to make it worthwhile for the band. But I think there just isn't enough in Australia. Really, because there's such vast distances, you know, Australia and New Zealand, you know, to get everyone together in one place. People have got travel a long and then way. even just for the band to travel all the way out there the plane yeah. tickets are not cheap no that that alone is why we've not been back to see your family because yeah. for all of us to do it yeah there's too many of us it's too expensive anyway thank you brendan for that sorry i cut out bits but um i've done it to everyone so you're not being you need a vocal zone sweet okay not sponsored oh what's that what's that sponsee you think we should be sponsored yeah, who do you think should sponsor us? Marillion? Yeah, do you think that if Lucy's listening, <laughs> she, she should either get us... Like, do you think bands sponsor? No, they don't. No, what's Any... that? Okay, he agrees with you. Yes, the band wouldn't sponsor it. But what was that? Yeah, yeah, I think we should get a copy of the album early. That would be excellent. Yeah. But I shouldn't be the one to write the press release. No, no, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> yeah, okay, goodbye. Last letter. The last letter. We got through them. What? We actually did it. Proud of us. Crazy times. Our last letter is from the one and only McKillian. Yes. Stephen Wicks, a.k.a. Home base. Home base. 
And Stephen says, to me, Dot Com feels like one of those albums radio companies put I'm sorry? out. Oh, did I mess it up again? Yeah. I'm going to start from the beginning. Big balls. <laughs> like a bear. Why? Big balls. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> to me, Dot Com feels like one of those albums record. Oh, start again. Jesus. To me, dot com feels like one of those albums record companies put out of previously unreleased material. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. <laughs> when a band have split it's like up. cast offs. Oh, it's like no. that you'd find in a bin. The archive. <laughs> it's bits that. It's like it's, it's Marillion's found down the back of the fridge album. <laughs> it's oh, like no. the food that's all fallen down the back of the fridge, oh, no. and they they sprinkle some water on it and put it in the microwave. It's usually a mix of the odd good song, unfinished work, rejected B-sides and novelty songs the band did for a laugh. I certainly think... Oh. Built-in Bastard Radar, ah, dear. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly think Built-in Bastard Radar is a novelty it, song. It, she couldn't work out what B-I-B-R was uh, <laughs> alluding to, in case anyone wonders what happened there. Um... Okay, I certainly think Built in Bastard Radar is a novelty song, just not a very funny one. It's really mean-spirited, and I can't believe the band thought the lyric would make a good song (laughs) when they took it off the fax machine. It should have gone straight in the bin. I love Go, House, Enlightened. I like A Legacy, but the rest is really just poor filler. That said, it was amazing how the band elevated the whole album when they played it with strings. You have to give credit to Mike Hunter for arranging the music so well and polishing that particular, <laughs> that particularly smelly turd. It's true, though, because Aww. for all that we've been slagging off .com, yeah. I really enjoyed that night at the, at the convention. The way they played it. Oh, yeah, it was good. It was brilliant. Yeah. That whole out, the album sounded great. And the, you know, the extra production they did... And you know, arranging for H to fall down a hole and stuff was no, just like stop. It's a good stunt. Stunt. In respect of Interior Lulu, I think it was a song the band probably learnt a lot from. Not a complete success, but not a failure either, and perhaps paved the way for them to be more confident with prog again. The process of writing it perhaps led to future classic longer songs such as Ocean Cloud and El Dorado. Uh, I really laughed a lot during the last episode, especially when Paul voiced what many of us think about H's Alan Partridge type (laughs) quotes. I'm looking forward to hearing your views on anarachnophobia, but I have to say in advance, oh my goodness, Uh, how am I going to know this? Come on. I am H-W-A-B- Oh, if my heart were a ball, I would. It would roll uphill. If my heart were a ball, I would roll uphill. I can't believe you're getting through the album so quickly. P.S. Get your barbecue gas refills and decking while <laughs> stocks last. Regards, home base. Thank you, Stephen. We do need new decking. Yeah, we genuinely and do. If anyone wants to a send us a barbecue any. gas cylinder, they can have We've one. got a spare barbecue gas cylinder that's been there for like 12 years. We don't know what to do with it because the dump refuses it. <laughs> they don't want it. And the home base that we got home. it for or it came from was shut down. Yeah. Um, maybe. I, do you know what my dream of it is? To Your take, dream of it? Of, sorry, my dream 
before it is. What? To take it to some wasteland and shoot it <laughs> and explode. Yeah, I'd do that. Yeah, I don't have a gun. Oh, if anyone can get, get me a gun, no, no, I don't. I don't want a gun. I'm just saying, in case, in case this is being listened to by like the the security services, I don't actually want a gun, and I don't actually want to blow things up. I do. It's quite. You do. Balloons. But we. You had a. You had a BB gun. Yeah, I don't think that's going to get through uh, that cylinder. I mean, apparently there there's a short supply of those cylinders at the moment. So okay, if anyone we wants should to just buy hold one. on to it. Uh, under a quid if it's yours <laughs> well that camping outdoors shop or whatever it's called was, was going to give you a £10 in-store credit probably don't it. need to talk about this on a Meridian podcast do we no probably not with hindsight with hindsight with current sight <laughs> just with sight with sight uh, that's it then we finally got through we did it dot com it's done. We're done with dot com. Thank Christ. Hallelujah. Oh my God. Things get better. I don't think better. I'll ever listen to dot com again no. in its entirety from start to well, finish. Well, we'll probably, when they eventually bring out the DVD, we'll probably watch it. I'll watch the DVD. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So uh, next week, Fugazi. We're going back to the fish era. Mm. I think that's going to be interesting. Wow. Um, we're going to have a listen. Especially uh, a, after dot com. Have a mini review of what the deluxe edition's like. I've read the sleeve notes already and listened to the album several times. Uh, and the week after that, I think we'll probably be ready to start talking about anamagnophobia. Mm. Getting through them too quickly, aren't we? Well, okay, maybe we. it's good then that we're reading out tons of letters for weeks. Well, no, end. we've got lots of other things to talk about. Anorak, um, I believe, is going to actually be a good few episodes because I want to talk about crowdfunding and ah, right. how it changed everything for Meridian before we even get onto the songs. So okay. there'll be a, a, a episode of sort of preamble and just how, how it made everything feel a bit exciting again after the castle years and how it felt like, ah, Meridian are on the up. And they were. And they were. And it kept going. Good for them. Bravo. So that um, just leaves uh, us to say goodbye. Um, Sat from Sanya, myself and Sponsy, the sponsor chicken. Yep. No, you can't call them that. You can't call them that. I know they're quite nerdy, but you can't call them that. They're our listeners. I'm a nerd as well. You're not. You're chicken. Yeah, uh, I do wish that um, Lucy would give us like a free deluxe set of the <laughs> new album the, the with, the plectrums. Tier, um, yeah. with the playing cards. With the, and... Yeah, the plectrums <laughs> yeah, and the wish. playing cards, even though I did moan about it on the episode. I didn't. You did. So, oh, yeah, Lucy can just send Sanya one for free. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I don't, we don't want no, free I'm, stuff. I know, I Lucy, know. if you listen, it was a joke. I'm joking. It was a joke. But yeah, it'd be sponsor nice. Sponsor the sponsor chicken's not joking. Yeah, sponsor the sponsor chicken would like to um, come and visit the racket club and interview the band. <laughs> Good luck with that. Good luck mate. with that. Right, everyone, uh, tell people about us. Um, give us a subscribe on your favourite podcast platform. Support us on Patreon if you want. Buy a Beyond Pod t shirt or mug. All the details are in the episode description. And then, yeah, we'll see you next week for Fugazi. Who was she? Who was she? Who was she? Who was she? That's annoying. Goodbye. Bye.